and Fast Than Normal was sort of my uh, sort of breakthrough moment when I'm like, wow, all these things I do are actually beneficial. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hello and welcome back to Pillars of Wealth Creation. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. With me, excited to have Peter Shankman. Peter, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, I'm really excited to have you on the show. Um, I listened to your book, Faster Than Normal, and I actually listened to it. I was I was recommended by a friend of mine who's like, you have to read this book. This is this is like completely tells a story of your life. And uh, so he sent it to me. Uh, read it, really enjoyed it, and uh, it's a it's a book really just talking about ADHD and and your journey uh, through that and things that you've done as um, a person with ADHD and how you've been successful with really taking it as a blessing and and not a curse. So I and I, and I love that because I I I agree with you uh, the same thing. So. A little bit about uh, Peter. He is a busy guy, media entrepreneur, runs several businesses, gives keynote speeches around the world, hosts a podcast, uh, runs marathons, uh, skydives, um, and and all kinds of other stuff that I'm missing. So Peter, with that said, why don't you give our listeners a bit more about your background and we'll dive in. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> what's my story? So I, I was in graduate school, not supposed to be doing any of this. I was, I was studying fashion and portrait photography uh, with 18 credits to go. I lost my financial aid. The, um, the uh, government sent me a letter that said, you may, your parents make too much money. We're taking away your financial aid. I sent the government a letter that said they do make too much money, but they keep it. The government didn't find that funny. So <laughs> I moved back to New York city where I was born and raised and was hanging out. This is the mid nineties was hanging out in something called the Melrose place TV gossip chat room for your listeners under 35. It's, it's like using uh, Snapchat, but it's on a computer in a, on a desk connected to a phone line because phones used to connect to walls back then. And you'd type something in the chat room. You get a slice of pizza, half an hour later, come back, someone type something back to you. And that's what we did instead of dating. And someone in this chat room said, my company's trying to build a newsroom. You have a journalism degree. Why don't you submit your resume? I said, sure, I have no experience. It'll be great. And I was hired uh, by America Online to help found the newsroom uh, about mm. a month later. So it was pretty crazy. Uh, it was a um, unexpected type thing. Oh, my dog is being psycho. But, um, but yeah, long story short, I wound up... Um, uh, working well, came back to York, launched a PR firm, sold that a few years later, consulted for several years, then eventually came up with the idea for something called Help a Reporter Out, which connected journalists with sources all around the world. Um, that blew up beyond my wildest dreams. It was acquired uh, by what is now PR Newswire um, back in 2010. That was sort of a game changer for me. And then um, ever since then, I have been consulting, speaking, and eventually I tried to figure out why I was so good at doing things like starting and selling companies, but really, really terrible at things like, you know, remembering to talk to my uh, now ex-wife and things like that. And I finally got diagnosed with ADHD and my ADHD uh, made a lot of sense for a lot of reasons. And I took a couple of years to try to figure out why all the things that people thought I was crazy, people thought were crazy, but I did actually wound up benefiting me. And that led to a podcast and a, a New York Times bestseller called Faster Than Normal. And Faster Than Normal was sort of my uh, sort of breakthrough moment when I'm like, wow, 
all these things I do are actually beneficial. I just have to learn how to process them and do them the right way. Um, that led to, yeah, learning about that. And eventually recently started a company, um, that, um, uh, helps companies attract, hire and retain neurodiverse employees while making, uh, neuroinclusive spaces, uh, for, for their companies. So what's a neural inclusive, neuroinclusive, basically the premise that if you help people with neurodiversity, be better at work, you're also helping people without neurodiversity. So, hmm. you know, if it, you shouldn't just allow noise canceling headphones to the people who have neurodiversity, they should be allowed to everyone because they benefit everyone. Sure. Right? So creating neuroinclusive spaces benefits everyone without leaving anyone out. Gotcha. Gotcha. Makes sense. Um, and, and that's, so your company is, is trying to, it's consulting existing companies on how to do that. So yeah, it helps. It helps. Like for instance, we're giving a, I'm giving a talk to all 80,000 employees at Morgan Stanley tomorrow. Um, talking about uh, what neurodiversity means uh, in terms of the workplace, what companies can do to what what executives can do, what managers can do, what employees can do. You know, if you're neurodiverse, here's how you can suggest something. Here's what you can do, whatever the case may be. Yeah. So it's it's teaching these companies. We're working with Adobe, with Google, things like that. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, to to your book, I, I want to talk a little bit about that because I. I I know that a lot of entrepreneurs, and so the people listening to this show, I haven't done a survey. I don't know how many people have ADHD, uh, ADD, and this, you know, audience. But I know that a lot of them have to, um, or or at least maybe they don't even have the diagnosis, but they struggle with focus, right? And that's I think everybody probably struggles with focus. And so yep, a lot of what your book, I think your book is really good for, quite frankly, anybody, whether they have. ADHD, whether they know somebody that has ADHD or whether they're just get distracted. Um, it's a, it's a really good book that kind of lays out, okay, like this is a, a this is kind of normal. Um, and, and or people struggle with it and B is like, there's tools like we can actually do. So let's dive into a couple of the kind of the main tools, maybe your main tools that you utilize in order to, I don't know, kind of hide, not hide, but um, harness those distractions. I mean, a lot of it comes down to understanding how my brain works and, and, you know, creating systems and rules in my life that allow uh, my brain to work that way. An example being, um, so my alarm goes off every morning, my, my lights come on in my bedroom around 345, 330 in the morning. Um, by 345, they're fully lit and I'm awake. Uh, I have a, I have a, um, you know, an alarm backup at 415, but I've been up, uh, I, for like 20 minutes before that goes off every single day. So the goal being that I know how my brain works and I know what my brain needs to do my best work. What does that mean first thing in the morning? It means that if I don't exercise and the only time I can as a single dad is before my daughter wakes up. So if I'm not on the bike by 4 a.m. and giving myself an hour, hour and a half on the bike every morning, I don't get the dopamine, the serotonin, the adrenaline, the things I need to make my day better. What happens then? Well, I'm not as useful, right? Maybe I'm not as good of a dad. Maybe I'm not as good in a meeting, whatever the, the thing might be. So what happens? I get up, I get on the bike. Well, to do that, I have to go to sleep early. Sometimes I might not go to sleep early. And the alarms, you know, if the alarm wakes me up at 4.15, I might say, oh God, I don't want to get up. I'm just going to sleep in. Well, I've slept in. Now I wake up late. I'm running around. I have to get my kid to school. I come home from dropping her off 
I'm starving. I didn't have my protein shake. Well, man, you know, I'll just order in a couple of bacon, egg, and cheese. No big deal. Well, now I, I opened up a whole can of worms because now I've eaten like crap in the morning. I have no dopamine. It lasts for about 15 minutes after that sandwich. Now it's gone. Now I'm Logie. Nah, you know what? Screw it. I, the day's shot. I'll just, I'll pick up Jessa, my kid, and we'll just, we'll have pizza tonight. I'll order a pizza. Well, I order a pizza. She gets two slices. I have six. Now I wake up the next morning. I feel like crap. I'm dehydrated. I'm puffy from the carbs. Okay. You know what? I'm just gonna sleep in one more day. I'll get back on the horse tomorrow. And that's two weeks later. I've gained 10 pounds. I'm miserable. Haven't been the best dad. Haven't been the best anything. So at the end of the day, I do something called playing the tape forward. How are my actions at this moment going to make me feel in 12 hours? Hmm. So how am I, if I don't get out of bed right now and get on the bike, how am I going to feel in 12 hours? I got on the bike at 4 a.m., 4.30 a.m. this morning. Biked about an hour. Took my took a shower, got my some coffee, took my kid to school. Then stopped by the boxing gym, did an hour long uh, boxing training. I'm not on any meds today. I'm chill, happy, all is good, right? What would have happened if I'd done the opposite? So it goes along that line. I eliminate the choices, right? How do I make sure that I'm on the bike after my lights go on? I sleep in my gym clothes. Hmm. I sleep in a pair of bike shorts. It's all these sort of easy choices that you make to prevent having to make the hard choices. My, my closet has two sides to it and they're labeled. One says office slash travel and it's t-shirt and jeans. The other says button down or the other says uh, speaking slash TV and it's button down shirts, jackets and jeans. That's it. My, my uh, suits, my sweaters, my vest, those are all my daughter's closet. Cause if I wake up every morning, Oh my God. What should I wear? That sweater. I remember that sweater. Laura gave me that sweater. God, I wonder how she's doing. God, I haven't talked to her in forever. I should see what she's up to. It's three hours later. I'm naked in the living room on Facebook. I haven't left the house. So you eliminate that choice whenever possible. And, yeah. and those are the two basic rules. The 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 moral of, of, of this rant is, is I tell people, and I've said this publicly, I, I'm three bad decisions. At any given time, I'm three bad decisions in a row away from being a junkie in the streets. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what do I mean by that? Am I do I have a drug problem? No, absolutely not. But it is when you're ADHD. I have two speeds. When you're ADHD, you have two speeds. I have namaste and I'll cut a bitch. And there's no middle ground there, right? And so, you know, I'm sitting around. I'm like, well, I imagine I'd have a couple of drinks. I'm not gonna have a couple of drinks. I have six. Yeah. Right. And then who the hell knows what's gonna happen? So let's not go to that first place. Yeah, it's about I, knowing yourself. You don't have a choice. Yeah, I, and I I love the way you put it. Right, you don't you don't have a choice. Like the twenty the, the twelve hours, twenty four hours, whatever. Like, well, how am I going to feel like, yep. moving forward? That that really resonates with me because that's that's what I'll struggle with. I'll I'll sit there and I'll make that choice of ah, I'll just do do it tomorrow or whatever, or just ah, you know, like you said, like I'm going to eat that donut. How will I feel in 12 hours? Like, I feel yeah. like crap, right? I, I I won't have energy. I'll feel like crap. I'll get, I'll be unproductive. I eat that donut. Then I start looking at the squirrels that are running around in my yard and the deer and the, and that's no joke. Like I, I will literally, and I probably should, I have a, an office with, you know, a window that looks in my backyard and there's deer and there's 
squirrels and there's fox that run through all day. And some days I'll get so freaking distracted, you know, I'll be out there just watching and, and it's like, what? Oh my gosh. I lost my entire day by idiot dog dog is sitting around the couch right now, chewing on a bone and um, keep, keep chewing. uh, (laughs) You know, the funny thing is, is that I, I, I know better than to try and write. I've written six books. I know better than try to write any of them here. Um, Mm. I had a couple of books. I had a book due to a publisher. Had a year to write it. I'd written all the. I'd written all the. Um, I'd done all the research. I just hadn't written anything, and I had about like two weeks left, and uh, so I booked a trip to Asia, and I got on the plane with a sweatshirt, my laptop, pair of headphones. I wrote yeah. chapter one through five in the flight out. Uh, landed, went took a shower in the lounge, had some, had some. Uh, uh, Sushi. Got back on the same plane, same seat. Two hours later, wrote chapter six through ten. Landed thirty six hours later for the book. Everyone thinks yep. it's crazy. It's not crazy. It works. Yep. You have nothing else to do. You're trapped. And so, what are you going to do? You're you can't be distracted. You're just you're there. You're stuck. 100%. So you wrote that in the book, and I thought I'm like, oh, man, that's that's amazing. Because every time I fly, I'm so productive during the flight. I'm so productive during the during the flight, yeah, I get 100%. to the airport and I'm just hammering on my computer and getting so many things done. And you know, the flight lands and yeah, you're right. You should probably get back on it and go the op- back back home because you'll have an amazing day if you do that. Yeah, uh, there's nothing else. There's nothing else to no, do. No, you got to make sure that again. You just you have to know yourself. And then, look, no one's perfect, right? I I screw up all the time, but the key is just try and learn and and and, and figure out. The next best way to do it. Do you have any tips for when you do get that, uh, get distracted, get on that, you know, two weeks of, uh, oh man, like I've been eating unhealthy. I've been um, not waking up in the morning, not exercising. Do you, is there a tip to get you back kind of in the saddle again? A good night's sleep always helps. Going to bed early always helps. Um, saying no to the things that, you want to do sometimes helps as well because by the time you wake up, that's a reset. Yeah. Yeah. You wake up at, what did you say? Four, four, right, around, my alarm goes up. My, my lights come on around three thirty, three forty five. Three thirty, three forty five. What do you have a daily routine that you do that helps you? You, you, you kind of mentioned some stuff. Around yeah. So I get on the bike first thing in the morning. Yep. Um, I grab protein shake after the bike. And then I am, I go um, intermittent fasting between usually between like, 6 a.m. and and around 4:30. Okay. So the protein shake keeps me through the day. I intermittent fast, and the reason I intermittent fast isn't so much to lose the weight. Um, obviously, it's to um, it's to make the choices easier. Um, if I can look at my watch, oh, I want to oh look a pizza place. Hmm. Nope, can't do it. It's again that simple. Yeah. Um... Right, and that's really the key. At the end of the day, you're kind of you're kind of. Uh, um, figuring out what works and what doesn't, but sticking to them when you realize what they are. I, I, my wife sent me a podcast uh, episode the other day and I just had to laugh. Um, I was, I was listening to it. I started listening to it and she's like, Hey, have you finished listening to that? I said, no, you know, but it's, it's about my son. And she's like, just keep on listening to it. 
So I keep on listening to it and it's like, I, I wish I still had the episode. I'd send it to you. Cause I'm sure you'd do the same thing. I got done listening to it. And she's like, did you finish it? And I said, yeah, it was, it, it was a hundred percent about me. Like they wrote that or they, they literally said the podcast, it was completely about me. Um, and it's just, it's just amazing. Um, uh, when you're talking with somebody else, cause I, I never really, I, I never really realized I knew I, you know, had different energy than a lot of people, but I never really realized like what that, what it was. And I'm not diagnosed ADHD. So I'm self-diagnosed and just because of what people have told me and what I've learned and read about. Um, but the, some of the things that you talk about in your book, the rituals, the avoiding the triggers, the toolboxes, inboxes, the, um, you know, it's a blessing, not a curse. And it's like, man, this, this stuff is so helpful to hear from somebody else right to because at least me like there's times where i'm like man i'm just like i'm just not normal <laughs> which i'm not right you're not it's like but it's like man something's wrong with me um but the book kind of puts it into different perspective um so it was it was it was great to hear but um and i'm excited about my son quite frankly he's he's uh 10 and he's got ADHD and he's got the double. He's got ADHD and dyslexia. Ah, you mean that so, was me. Yeah, that was me. Were you? Okay. So, uh, I, you know, when he first got diagnosed, I'm like, oh, this is just terrible. You know, dyslexia, ADHD. He's got both. Like, oh, man. But then as I start to read more and listen to more podcasts and hear about it, it's like he's either going to be a junkie on the street. Or he's going to be like the most successful entrepreneur. Well, the because... key is to start implementing into his brain now the fact that um, ADHD is not a curse. Right. Dyslexia is not a curse. And there is a gift there. And understanding that, and understanding that, that having that gift, being different is not wrong. Yeah. Right. I grew up in the 70s and 80s in New York City when ADHD didn't exist. What existed was sit down, you're trapped in the class. Yeah. Right. And I was told that's that was what broken. my parents believed. Yeah. I was told I was broken every single day from the time I entered school to the time I graduated college. And understanding that I'm not, understanding that I'm not broken, understanding that I'm actually gifted and proof being in the things I've done in my life. Um, I wrote a book, I wrote a kid's book called The Boy with the Faster Brain. Hmm. And the premise behind The Boy with the Faster Brain, which now, of course, will not even show because it's stupid. Yeah. The way this would area but basically with that i wrote it it's my sixth book i wrote it for fun but the basic premise is about a boy named peter who gets in trouble all the time and he gets in trouble because he always interrupts the class and does all these things and then one day his, his parents say you know we're gonna go talk to a feelings doctor and a psychologist named dr lisa helped um peter to understand that he wasn't broken he was gifted if that book or my talks or my speeches or whatever can teach one person that one kid at five years old or seven years old or nine years old, that they're not broken and prevent them from having to go 30 years of therapy starting at age 20 to make sure they're not. I've done my job. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, man. That's, that's awesome. Um, when you, you were diagnosed as an adult, right? You were in your, yep. was it, you were in your twenties? I was diagnosed in my late thirties, actually. Thirties. Okay. Late thirties. Um, did, did you start, I, I think I, I remember, um, 
this part of the book. So I'm trying, I'm trying to remember, but uh, did you, did you use meds? I never took medication until probably about four or five years ago. And again, I have thought on it. So I think it's great. I, I don't, I don't think that, I don't think it should be the first line of defense, but I don't think it should be vilified either. The problem is pills don't teach skills. And so if you are on medication as a kid and that's all you know, and it's not combined with therapy or cognitive behavioral therapy or dialectical behavioral therapy or anything like that, what winds up happening is you're 25, now you're off your parents' insurance, now you have no more meds and you haven't learned a damn thing. You have to understand how to combine them both. My, I take Concerta maybe once every couple of weeks, once every week and a half, whatever. And I do it on days where my assistant actually puts in my calendar meds day because she, every couple of weeks, I'll have a bunch of meetings I'm putting off, she'll schedule them all in one day. And she knows that I need to take um, uh, a pill because I can't do five meetings in a row without it. Yep, yep. Right, and I understand that. So for me, I don't think meds are a bad thing. I don't think that, uh, I don't think that we should spend all the time um, putting kids on medication, especially like putting five-year-olds on medication because they're acting like they're five. Maybe we figure out other ways to do it first, right? Maybe we work on um, exercise on changing eating patterns, on changing things like that. Maybe we let the kids stand up in the back of the room instead of forcing them to sit for eight hours a day. Things like that. Right. Yeah, creating the tools. Um, And I like the way you put it. Meds aren't necessarily bad, but you still have to have the tools to be able to handle it. And Well, you do. And again, that comes down to therapy. Yeah. And uh, all those things. So. Recognition. You know, but again, you have to understand what you're doing. Yeah, the power, like for 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 me, and I think for anybody, it's it's habitual. Um, you have if you if you have habits, if you can continue to force yourself to do certain things, it, you can do a lot better with it. There's like you said, there's always going to be days where you just completely, it's completely a mess, right? You, you're just you're just not focused um, at all, uh, and and you can't you know, keep on losing focus no matter what happens. Yep. Um, and that, that, but a good night's rest, uh, resetting yourself and, and getting back on those habits the next day is, is key. Well, again, I mean, I think, I think a lot of it is understanding that we're human beings. We're not perfect. Right. And we never are, you know, and, and, and because of that, things are going to happen. Um, the key is figuring out how to make it work and figuring out, to, you know, giving us, giving ourselves a break and not, not taking ourselves so goddamn seriously either. I love that. Uh, Peter, you've, you've built some good, some great businesses. You, you've done a lot of successful things in your um, career. What, what is a mistake that you've made business wise and how can our listeners learn from it? Listen to everyone's advice, but be careful of the advice you take. Hmm. A lot of times when you're asking for advice, you're already in a position where you need it. And as such, it comes across a lot stronger and a lot more valuable than it actually might be. 
Hmm. That's not to say that all advice is bad advice. There are some great advice, piece, you know, piece of advice I've gotten in my life. But you want to be aware that when you get a uh, a piece of advice when you're in a place where you desperately need it, it might not be the right advice. Yeah. It might not be the right advice for your specific situation. Right. It, but it because might. you're, because you're in a place where you're like, Oh yeah. my God, I need help. You're willing to take it. Yeah. And, and that advice might not even be bad advice. It, it was advice given by somebody who it worked for them. Yeah. It was the right solution for their situation, but for your situation, 100%. maybe not. Um, there's a lot of good meaning people that <laughs> can give you a lot of advice that might not be so great. Oh, I love that one. Um, <clears throat> what, what are, you talked about, you know, things you do um, with ADHD, but what are maybe some other um, success kind of habits? Um, you know, th things that you feel are key to, building a successful business, maybe, maybe two or three things. 15 minutes early is on time. On time is late. Mm -hmm. That goes without saying. Mm -hmm. I try when I'm going into a meeting, I try to up my dopamine and adrenaline and serotonin a little bit. Um, living in New York city and having all my meetings in New York, it's very, very easy to, um, to uh, walk everywhere in the city. So when I go to a meeting, I try to leave enough time to go to walk there. Uh, if, the weather, if the weather cooperates um what else do i do i um i'm not a huge fan when it comes to creating business i'm not a huge fan of of, of wasting time of waiting for um surveys or feedback or ideas i mean i I came up with the idea for Harrow on a flight from LA to Houston, where I was connecting Houston to go to New York. I came up with the idea on the flight from LA to Houston, sketched it out on the plane, landed in Houston, called a friend of mine who was a, who was a, a web developer. I'm like, can you build me a page that looks like this? He's like, yeah, no problem. Landed in New York five hours later, had a, had a, a website functioning and uh, it was launched within a day. Right. And that's really the, 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 you know, I think not everything succeeds, but I've also had a lot, I've had a lot of success. Um, had some failures, but a lot of successes. And uh, for me, the successes were much more about um, because I just said the hell with it. Let's see what happens. Yep. When you're ADHD, you're, you're born with too, uh, an extra dose of the, what's the worst that can happen, Gene? Yeah, right. Right. And so, you know, I cannot tell you how many times I've said, what's the worst that can happen? And it's wound up working in my favor. Is it just taking that action without action? You know, the, the, I, I overthinking. Someone, I just said this to someone yesterday. Um, the the cure for anxiety is action. Hmm. It's very very important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I love the the upping your dopamine. One thing I do before, if I've got um, if I got a meeting, if I'm giving a speech, uh, well, quite frankly, doing a podcast, I have a pull up bar. Uh, and I, I'll sit there and I'll do some, a few pull-ups and I yeah. might do some push-ups. Uh, if I'm going to jump on stage, I'm doing jumping jacks. I'm doing push-ups. Yeah. I'm upping my dopamine. Um, same, same type of thing. If you're jumping into a meeting, I love, you know, like walk to the meeting if that works. Uh, I'm a huge get, fan. I'm a huge fan of, um, 
cold showers, ice baths, ice plunges. Mm. Um, only problem with living in with living in Manhattan is that uh, I can't have an ice barrel outside my. You know, if I lived in like uh, a suburb or somewhere in the country, I'd have an ice barrel. I'd leave it outside. It's twenty nine degrees out today, right? I'd leave it outside. I'd break the top of the ice. I'd jump my ice barrel for three minutes. Um, I don't get to do that in uh, in Manhattan. So I, I'm I'm constantly dumping a ton of ice from my freezer into uh, into my bath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah minnesota you can just exactly walk outside and drill a hole in the ice and yeah so all right well i got a couple last questions i want to wrap up i want to sure. respect your time uh what's a favorite book other than one of your own uh what's a favorite book that you can recommend to our listeners i read sun tzu's the art of war every six months but there's a, a book called they can kill you but they can't eat you it's by a woman named dawn Steele. she was the first female head of uh paramount and uh, she was one of Barry Diller's Killer Dillers. And she, it's her whole story from starting off in the South Bronx, working her way up, moving to Hollywood. It's a phenomenal read about how they tried to fuck her over as a, uh, as a, as a female and the whole thing and how she really uh, survived. They can kill you, but they can't eat you. It's out of print, but you can still find it on Amazon. Love it. All right. Last question before we wrap up here. What are your three pillars of wealth creation? Multiple streams. trying everything once at least once and taking notes about things that piss me off um hmm. when i find things that piss me off i i then start to think maybe there's a way to do this better that's how harrow that's how harrow was created um so i'm constantly on the lookout for and, and this is new york city everything pisses me off here but <laughs> I'm constantly on the lookout for things that piss me off, right? And how can I improve them? Um, you know, that's a great uh, idea. I mean, that that is that is right, really good, right? Just take notes about things that can be better, things that are there, irritating you, things that you're just like, oh, the, there's got to be a better way. About a year ago, some I live on the 56th floor with a view of the city, and and about a year ago, some idiot on the 14th floor drilled into his wall to hang a TV and he drilled right into the goddamn gas line and the whole building <laughs> gas for six months. And um, for the first two weeks, we had no hot water. And so, I mean, which is fine. I like cold showers, but I'm like, I got to do laundry. And so I was walking around my, near my apartment trying to find a laundromat. And there are like three laundromats there. And they all suck. They're gross. They're yucky. They're, they're small. And so I started researching. I'm like, let me find a space in this area to open a laundromat slash co-working space. And the idea is sound. It's a hundred percent there. I'm just waiting for the the lease prices in New York City to drop because they're just ridiculous now. And they will drop soon enough, uh, within like a year or so. And once that happens, I'll probably open it. But you know, it's one of those things where I'm not paying thirty grand a month in, in for a four thousand square foot space. Um, but you know, it's those kind of ideas. It's it's thinking about what what can I do that that is just a little bit better than what's and that's because that's the thing. And I'll end it with this: um, the bar is so goddamn low. Right. I asked whenever I give a speech, I ask people, you know, who had a great flight here? And they're like, oh, I had a great flight. We made it great. We took off on time. We landed on time. Like, that's not a great flight. That's just called a flight. That was nothing special. You think it's a great flight because you were expecting to be three hours delayed and land in a different city. Right. The fact that you took off on time and landed on time, you're over the damn moon. It's just a flight, dude. So if the bar is that low, I don't need you to be great. You just suck slightly less than everything else and you'll win everything. Hmm. So that's kind of how I look at it. Suck slightly less than everything else. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great point. Bar is set really low for Ridiculous. most things and, and just do it a little bit better. 
maybe you're gonna maybe you should just buy one of those laundromats that suck so bad been thinking and, about it <laughs> uh, and then you can turn them turn them over into something better and thinking about it yeah peter how can our listeners get in touch with you learn more about uh what you got going on what you're doing yeah so my entire life is is uh my email is peter at shankman.com uh, it always has been. I answer all my own email. I'm not allowed to book my own calendar. My assistant doesn't let me do that, but I am allowed to to answer my own email. And so I do that, Peter at Shankman.com. Uh, I encourage you to reach out anytime. I'm happy to chat, happy to talk. Uh, yeah, I, I, I have the podcast called Faster Than Normal. Same name as the book. Um, I'm on all the social platforms except Twitter. Uh, I try to avoid going where Nazis are. But uh, I, I am on all the other platforms at Peter Shankman everywhere on threads, on Facebook, on LinkedIn. You can find me. And I, 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 I'm a pretty good responder. If you're ever in New York and you want to go take a I, my my friends call me Aaron Sorkin because I, I do. I don't have meetings. I do walk and talks just mm. like the West Wing. So if you ever want to meet me in New York, come, we'll grab yeah. a coffee. We'll walk up to the park, whatever you want. We'll do a nice couple of mile walk and talk in New York City. Happy. I'm always happy to do that. That's great. Peter, really appreciate it. Uh, appreciate the time. And, uh, man, listeners check out the book faster than normal. I think it's excellent. And of course, uh, connect with Peter and, um, I don't think you'll be disappointed. Peter, appreciate the time and you have a fantastic rest of the day. Pleasure was mine. Take care. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. But your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So uh, the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com and download our free ebook uh, on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and, and also, look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.